It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 178, Isaiah's Encounter. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, For how long, Lord? And he answered, Until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant. Until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away. And the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. According to rabbinical literature, the prophet Isaiah is the brother of King Amaziah. Another account has him being the grandfather of the future horrible Manasseh. Not sure exactly how that occurs, But what we do know is that Isaiah was royalty. He has full unlimited access to the halls of power in Jerusalem. This is very, very rare for a prophet to have full unlimited access to kings. What favor he has even at birth. Isaiah was a prince of sorts, and if tragedy struck the royal house, he could have actually become king if a dozen or so people were killed. He could have been the next in line, or even became the king. He was extremely educated for his day, and linguistic analysis of the book of Isaiah shows an incredible vocabulary, and personally, he's very verbose as well, and he's a very wordy dude. He's going to be most quoted prophet in the New Testament as well, and his focus on the Messiah is going to be incredible. He's intellectual and a prophet at the same time. I get to feel Isaiah was a journaler at first, writing down his prophecies. He gained a following of the Levites and some believers as he shared his experiences until he became a voice in the land. Isaiah 1-5 through speak to the wickedness of the world and the coming judgment on the world, but Isaiah 6 is personal in nature. Notice the harsh tones of his prophecies. 
He's declaring the death of Israel. But there will be a king who understands judgment prophecy is but an invitation for mercy and revival. So let's talk about timelines. If we go with Isaiah being the brother of Amaziah, we have these first events occurring before his 40s and his encounter occurring around his 40th birthday. And he's going to prophesy for another maybe 40 plus years. It's incredible the time span of this most remarkable prophet. So let's get back to Isaiah's encounter. He has an open vision of sorts of heaven and the altar in heaven. And in make note, it says there is a temple in heaven. He sees the Lord, and if this isn't enough, he saw him in the context of heaven itself. Isaiah has his encounter, and God purifies him to speak prophecies to his nature and with a pure heart. Clean from the world and sin, speaking to the death of Judah as a nation. I love the hunger of Isaiah. God appears to have a conversation with himself. Who will go with us? Who will go for us? Isaiah's answer, here I am, send me. Ah, what would you say if you overheard the Trinity in a conversation? Whom shall I send? Would you shout those words? Send me. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, we have a moment here and I don't want to miss it. In our historical study, we have a glimpse of heaven through the eyes of a prophet, the prophet Isaiah. In the year King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on his throne. The train of the robe filled the temple. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. This is enough for me. We should stop the podcast and seek God right now. We could stop here for days. Isaiah saw the Lord. Isn't this our life's assignment to pursue and seek the Lord and see his face as a life's quest? So worship and pursue the heart of God to such a level of hunger that he reveals himself more to us. Isaiah sees the Lord and has a complete heavenly experience. He sees the Lord on a throne in the temple of heaven, and then there's an altar and something you don't expect. There's a group of high-ranking angels that serve at the throne, and they have six wings, not two or four, but six wings, and they cover their hands, face, and feet with them. They're called seraphs or seraphims. They're super interesting. The only way to learn about these guys is to follow the prophets and their heavenly experiences. Ezekiel's going to have a similar experience and add more detail. John and Revelations, Daniel and others will have similar experiences. So these seraphs or seraphim worship God and they often break out into praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is where the descriptions of heaven stop. And at this point, Isaiah is cut to the heart and he repents. He falls to his knees and states, Woe is me, I am ruined. I have seen the Lord. One of these angels takes a coal from the altar and touches his lips. The angel said his guilt is taken away and his sin is atoned for. And at this point, instantly Isaiah can stand in the presence, for his lips were cleansed for God's service. These seraphim are completely new characters to our story. We know of angels all through the Bible, and there isn't a lot of detail on them because they're such secondary in nature compared to God himself. You can compare their lack of descriptions as kind of like the Holy Spirit, which is rarely described in detail. 
We know of angels because of their involvement in the Bible, but we don't know of their classifications, kinds, or names, unless you study all the random events in the Bible with angels in them. In this case, we have a special angel with six wings called a seraph or seraphim, and it ministers before the Lord at his altar. Some say there's other special type of angels, but this is the one referenced in the prophet's heavenly experience. Ezekiel experiences his experience of a similar nature, reveals a whole lot more about these guys, and even calls them the four living creatures. So these four living creatures will be what they are called more often than seraphim. Here is what else we learn about these guys. They are covered in eyes. That's crazy, but they're covered in eyes. And covered in what I would probably believe to be kind of like tiny eyeballs you'd only see if you look really close or something that you could probably just, you know, it, it reveals the all-knowing character of God, that these characters in heaven can see everything. They worship God. We learn later that they have four different faces. For There are four sides of them, the ox, the eagle, the human face, and the lion. The four faces represent a full-fold character, hard work, diligence, all-knowing prophet, prophetic sight, the humanity, um, and then the lion, the king. They never seem to turn except when they flap their wings, when lightning strikes and another side of them is revealed. Without a doubt, these characters or creatures are the biggest surprise in heaven, not something you would expect. And as we study these four living creatures, as we'll come to call them from now on, we incorporate them into our study as we try to understand them more and more since they're such a big surprise, but they keep coming back up in our story. So above the throne was a rainbow signifying God's promises, and we learn later below the throne is a strange-looking wheel within a wheel contraption that sounds like something out of a time travel movie or an interdimensional transport system. Who knows exactly what it is, but we'll cover it later. Let's just say heaven is going to be weird in a good way and a wonderful place. But what's the most important part of this account is that Isaiah saw the face of of God himself. He was undone. Most of the Old Testament believers believed they would die if they saw the face of God. It's a healthy fear that turned into an unhealthy fear of relationship with the all-powerful God. Remember the Israelites failed to enter in at Mount Sinai out of fear? Moses, you talk to God for us, lest we die, they implied. Isaiah has the same experience, but he quickly learns atonement makes it so that we can approach the face of God. It's the atonement of sin that allows us to see God's face. Isaiah saw the face of God of God of heaven who sits on his throne in heaven. To see the face of God, to gaze upon the one who created everything and everyone. Wow. We all have lots of questions about heaven and life and everyone. I mean, everyone in their heart desires an audience with the king of kings. But in the end, Isaiah, like you and me, would be speechless in that moment. Isaiah was cut to the heart, and his response was, Woe is me. His woe is me implied these words. My humble humanity is nothing compared to the majesty of God. One sheer look of God in heaven pierces me and binds the flesh and exposes everything inside of me. The look of the one in heaven who sees everything, all sins, all fears, all anxieties, all worry, woe is me. Woe is me. Humble me that I could even consider looking upon the face of God. 
God, may we all seek this. May we all have encounters with God himself. If we are to worship in spirit and truth, let us know your word, never thirst for it, the truth. Let it overtake us, but let us worship you in the spirit as well. If Isaiah, Micah in 1 Kings 22, Job in Job 26, 9, David in Psalms 9 and 7, the sons of Korah in Psalms 45 and 47, Ethan the Ezraite in Psalms 89, Jeremiah in Lamentations 5, Ezekiel 1 and 10, Daniel 7, the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, all saw heaven. Why can't you? Why can't I? Lord, show us your glory. Show us the God who made everything. Lord, Moses prayed to see your glory. Isaiah saw your face. Show us your face. Lord, reveal yourself to your servants and let those who listen to this podcast know beyond a shadow of any doubt that there is a God on his throne and we are to worship him and him alone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.